0: What's going on welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson, alongside my co-host as always, Jim Eichenhoffer from Pelicans.com. Happy game day, happy new year. This is the first podcast of the new year, and it's gonna be a doozy as this homestand begins tonight with a really tough Utah Jazz team, and then it's a tough Suns team on Tuesday, then a tough Warriors team on Thursday. You get the picture. But joining us today is Craig Bolerjack, television voice of the Utah Jazz, as he gets us ready for tonight's ball game, Craig, Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm great. Appreciate the time with you guys. Uh, I'm doing well. I hope 2022 uh, maybe lightens the load a little bit with uh, COVID, but uh, <laughs> we're working through it. It is what it is, and we'll be okay.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, let's talk about this Jazz team, which uh, we know was going to be a really good team uh, from the get-go, and right now they've won six of their last seven games. And that only loss comes to the Golden State Warriors now 26 and 10. Uh, what's been going so well for them so far?
1: No, I tell you, guys, I think actually the depth of this team is something that Utah was really looking at in the offseason after the second round exit to the Clippers last last year. And they picked up Hassan son Whiteside and Rudy Gay. Eric Pascal hasn't played as much. He's had he's been out the last five games with some uh personal issues to take care of. But whiteside's been a, a real plus. Uh, it's and Rudy Gay as well. They've really held the second unit together. Uh, the Jazz front five, as you know, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty dominant starting five. And then they've been able to build leads. And now I think the second unit has been able to hold that lead and actually build to it uh, at times. So, you know, I think the, the Jazz learned a big lesson last year after the second round loss uh, as the Clippers went small ball they realized they had to make some changes and Rudy Gay's been a big part of that granted 16 years in this league, but he's coming off the heel surgery. He's healthy and he has a dynamic three point shot and that's who the jazz are. You know, rim rim play with Gobert and three ball from, from way outside with Donovan, Rudy, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. It's a, it's a pretty potent combination.
0: Okay, yeah, know Jim will talk about that depth with you in just a second, but I do want to go back to uh, right after Thanksgiving when these two teams last met and, one game was very close, and the other not so much on a back-to-back. But what do you remember about that that weekend series between these two teams? What stuck out to you the most?
1: Well, what I remember the most is the way the Jazz played, and I believe had a 17 or a double-digit lead and just let it slide away. Um, the The thing that I remember is the post game where Donovan Mitchell, you know, took the mic and basically said, look, we're better than this. And and again, taking nothing away from the Pelicans. You know, they've had their issues with with injuries, as you guys know, with with Zion and others. But, you know, this team has high expectations in the Western Conference and beyond. And after that night, you could see, uh, I don't know if it was, you know, the old cliche of the switch, the lights went on, but just the attitude and and the realization that you have to play and work your tail off every night in this league. Look, I applaud the Pelicans for just playing good basketball on the road that night. Uh, The jazz came back and said, look, we're the better team and they went out and and executed. They played, they played defense at a high level. They hit shots. And when you do that, you know, good things happen, but I really think it was a great test for the jazz that, that the Pelicans went out and played their tails off in the first of two they, and they played hard the second night, but the jazz were just much more, uh, you know, I hate to say, why aren't you every night? And I think you guys have probably talked about this too. How can you not be dialed in every night in this league, but you're going to have off nights, but it was one that helped elevate the jazz to, the, to another level. Uh, the second go around with, with the Pelicans.
2: Yeah, Craig, I think it's interesting because, that was actually really kind of when the Pelicans kicked it into a different gear, kind of when their season turned around as well. I think that Devonte Graham shot was really, I don't know if turning point is the right word, but I mean, they were Pelicans started out the season three and 16. They beat Washington by 25 here the night before Thanksgiving, and then got that win at Utah the very next night. So I can see why, you know, Utah was disappointed to lose to the Pelicans in that instance, um, Fortunately for the Pelicans, they're, they're a lot better team now, I think, than they were at that stage. But um, as far as the, the Jazz go, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, one of the stats that kind of blows my mind when I look through some of their stuff today was they've only started, they've only had five different starting lineups the whole season, which is pretty amazing if you think about it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's teams that have played five games in seven days that have used five different starting lineups in just a week of the season this year, whereas the Jazz have only used five the whole whole year. I mean, in addition to the fact that they have this core that's just so sound and so good and has been together for multiple years, how important do you think that's been that they've been able to have, you know, relative to the rest of the league, it seems like their continuity has been incredible this season.
1: It has great observation. And, you know, part of that is Mike Conley, who, as you know, last year had the hamstring problems and, you know, missed playoff time. Uh, that was one of the biggest issues when they re signed him. To, I think, at least talk and find an answer to let aged legs, let's just say, <laughs> rest, but just stay healthy. He, you know, here's a little tidbit. He's actually really in now into yoga and the hot, is it hot bikram where you go in and sweat, you know, in the 120 plus degree room? You know, he's just trying to keep his body healthy and the jazz are trying to do that he they pick and choose what game he plays on a back-to-back uh he set out against minnesota he wanted to play against golden state which i can totally understand on Mm -hmm. new year's day uh and the jazz came up short thanks to a guy named steph curry again with late threes and and iguodala as well that's a heck of a team by the way Mm. um but I think his health is key because he's such a calming presence on the floor and has such that chemistry with Donovan Mitchell. The other part uh, is Rudy Gobert as well. I mean, early in his career, uh, he had some knee problems. uh, And, you know, when you fall from that high up, it's a long way down, but he's been wearing knee braces now for the last four seasons and he's been relatively healthy and he's a, he's, he's put some weight on in the off season. He boxes. Uh, I think his, lower body is stronger doesn't get beat off the block as much as he used to and get pushed around so I think that all has something to do with it and I'll be honest I think luck comes into play here too so mm-hmm. far the Jazz have been lucky in that regard in health and like you know everyone in Salt Lake knocks on wood but also they've done a great job of trying to keep this team healthy away from the from the Omicron COVID variation and so far yeah. Um, you know, there's been a few scares along the way, but so far this team's been able to stay pretty steady.
2: It's funny you mentioned Mike Conley and him playing back-to-backs because I remember after the Pelicans got that great win at the, you know, right, at, almost at the buzzer with Devontae's shot. Right. We were, we were all thinking, you know, Conley hasn't played any back-to-backs this season, so he's not going to play Saturday in the second game of the back-to-back. And then we find out that he is playing and we were kind of like, what is going on here? Are they, they're They're like picking on us. But it's good to know that he has actually played in some other back-to-backs since then, and it wasn't just right. a, let's get back at the Pelicans for what they did the first night of the back-to-back.
1: Um, I think Mike, actually, to be honest, I think he told Quinn, I'm playing. And I think that yeah. was a statement that he made to say, look, I'm with this team. I'm not going to just sit and watch. We're going to get back on track, and we're going to do it together. And, you know, I applaud him for that. I still think a player, guys, honestly, has to have some say sure. in what his, his uh, playing time is. And I, I, I tell you, when you're a 15-year pro, you have that right. And I know they're mm-hmm. trying to protect him, but in that situation, it was a turning point for the Jazz. Like for you, like for the Pelicans, you may go back the game before and circle that as that that moment when the Pelicans realized they can't compete at a higher level, and the Jazz on the next night said, look, we're going to take it to the next level. And, and both those games will probably be circled on the Pelicans and the Jazz calendars as this, as this season continues on.
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, Conley having the decision to be able to play because I think it's, it's one thing to say in, you know, July, August, September, we're going to sit this guy out for back-to-backs, we're going to sit our veteran guys, we're going to limit their minutes, but it's another when you get into the season and you have a tough loss like that, or you have a stretch of games where you lose to tell a guy, we still are going to have you sit out. I feel like sometimes that definitely comes into play and changes the mentality of guys. So um, last I like thing to- I was going to... Sorry, go ahead. I like
1: it. You know, it goes back to old school play, right? I mean, for for the jazz, it's Carl and John Malone and Stockton. I mean, they, yeah, you know what they, they're, those stories become legendary and, you know, one night, as the story gets better here in Salt Lake, you know, Malone would play with a swollen ankle And it. Then they say it's the size of a grapefruit now, you know, 25 years later. <laughs> you know, that's how yeah. tough. And Stockton, you know, his elbow was dislocated, but he continued to play one handed. I mean, these stories continue to gain incredible folklore type status. Sure. But it's good to see a veteran kind of from that older school mentality. And maybe some people would disagree with me, but I think with a when a veteran has that ability to say, hey, look, man, I'm on the floor, tape me, let's play. I still like that. I like it a lot.
2: Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think stories eventually might be that a player walked into the arena on, on crutches 48 <laughs> minutes, then walked out of the arena on crutches and was ready for the next game. So
1: exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Last thing I was going to ask you before I take it back to um, you mentioned the depth earlier. And I know people talk about, you know, the way that last season ended for Utah. And it does seem like the the injuries are kind of underplayed when you discuss, like, how they got eliminated by the Clippers, the fact that we all know how important Conley is and obviously Mitchell. I, I was wondering, how important do you think the the additions of, of Gay and Whiteside have been so far? And how important do you think they will be in terms of the postseason and what the Jazz are trying to do?
1: I think those two players honestly will be the key factor. I mean, health number one, but I really believe that what I've seen so far in Whiteside, who's resurrected a career after having a a really tough time in Sacramento, uh, he just fits the system. And Rudy Gay has engaged himself with this team as well. Sometimes you don't know how players or what the end game is for them to sign, but I really believe they felt the Quinn Snyder system, the Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich, those, those players and what they want to accomplish. They wanted to be a part of it's so what the jazz been trying to do is to establish this franchise as a go-to destination and to have both those players come here with the attitude of let's win. And they thought this was maybe one of the best places to land because it fit Rudy's system in the sense of hitting the three. And it's a green light for Rudy Gay. Um, and Whiteside, again, the way that Quinn works it with the bigs, he is a centerpiece with that second unit, and he's taken and used it to shoot the ball well, to rebound well. Uh, and, you know, the guy can can play a, up on top of the rim as well, not, not as maybe uh, as dominant as Gobert, but yet I think this team now with Joe, Mike, and even Donovan, they're timing with him on those passes that go to the rim. They're starting to come. They have a better connection, a better chemistry. Uh, it took a while for those guys to build that with uh, Rudy Gobert. And I think the, uh, as we're about going into that, the midway point of the season, they've really started to kind of connect with Hassan. He, they understand him where he needs the ball, and he understands where they're going to put it. And if that continues, uh, I, I like the chances of being, you know, a dominant team in the West, which they are right now. But Golden State, Phoenix, those are two powerful teams especially with what, uh, you know, Phoenix was denied last year, and if Chris Paul stays healthy, I'm not sure if that's the case, because he has kind of that history of, of late season playoff injuries, but so far, I'd say the guy continues to play at a high, high level with Booker and DeAndre Ayton, so uh, it's going to be a tough battle all the way to the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, and as we mentioned, those two teams come into town
1: this week, uh,
0: but we have to get done with this game first tonight so Craig what intrigues you about tonight's matchup for me I feel like you got to start down low with Jonas versus Rudy Gobert as Jonas does return from health and safety protocols what what intrigues you about tonight's matchup between these two clubs
1: I, I love uh Valanchunas and the Gobert matchup uh you know two different kind of styles of play power against a little more finesse uh Rudy has the pride obviously in rebounding and uh, blocking shots and um you know he's got 30 double doubles and you know, Valanciunas is just a, a special player. Uh, I, I really, I really think that's key tonight. I think the Jazz play much better when they see the ball go in early. That's probably uh, an overstatement. Every team would say that, but for the Jazz personality that I see, it's those early threes that set the tempo. Uh, it's it's an early three from Jordan Clarkson. It's an early three from Joe Ingles, who's uh, we haven't talked about, who's been in a bit of a shooting slump but still is knocking down 38% from downtown, but, you know, keep an eye on just what Mike and Donovan are able to do in the backcourt with Devante. Um, and we'll go from there, but you know, on the road, the jazz uh, they've won eight straight. I don't know what it is about the road. Uh, the jazz seem to play freer, maybe not as much pressure. There's a lot of expectations in Salt Lake about this team making the next step And I feel like when they're away, they just kind of get into their own, out of their shell and just go play. They're 12-3 and on the road. I think it's the second best in the NBA. And I don't see them changing up much tonight. I just think they'll come out ready. It's the first of five on the road. They traveled in last night, uh, disappointed after the Golden State loss. But uh, I think sometimes those are more, that loss will motivate them. And I see them being focused, uber focused tonight.
0: Yeah, I saw that road trip, and it starts tonight in New Orleans and then goes back out west to Denver and yeah. then goes back out east. So I'm not sure where they're we'll going make so. with this Who we'll makes that
1: schedule, right? I always wondered, you start here, you go there, then you come back way over here. I, it's crazy.
0: Hey, Way out of our pay grade, but yeah, just an odd road trip for, <laughs> for the Jazz, and we'll see how it goes tonight as the Pelicans welcome in the Utah Jazz. That's Craig Bollerjack, television voice of the Utah Jazz. Craig, I really appreciate the time and have a good call tonight
1: absolutely guys thanks so much and uh anytime we'll talk soon thanks good stuff there from craig bowler jack radio
0: television voice of your utah jazz got it mixed up here but uh jim we just touched on it and he mentioned the other two teams that the pelicans welcome in during this homestand tonight it's utah tomorrow it's phoenix thursday is golden state i mean if that's not the toughest schedule of any team's week during the season i don't know what is is that they are the top three teams in the west right now the pelicans uh this will be a great test for them, though, with uh, with three teams that are, are really playing some good basketball right now. The Pelicans getting close to being as healthy as they can right now in this situation.
2: Yeah, I think it's three. My, you can make a case that it's the three best teams in the league right now. I think maybe Milwaukee, Brooklyn might have a case. Chicago might have a case. But um, it, it's it's incredible to see the, the, the way this is lined up with these three teams coming in. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting to see the Pelicans play against some of these elite teams and, and get to see some of these teams in person. I know you've probably had, you had a chance to see, I think you saw Utah twice in person yep. and, uh, and Phoenix as well. Um, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm really, I'm curious to see how they do um, as far as Valanchunas coming back. I mean, I wrote about this in the shoot around update this morning that he's coming back for go bear, but they also have Deandre Ayton tomorrow night, and Golden State might not have a center that is a big focal point of what they do, but I mean, that's going to be a big test defensively, obviously with all of the three point shooting that the Warriors have. So just a fun week. And I hope to see um, the Smoothie King center filled and and packed with people that are excited to see, uh, you know, like
0: I said, the best teams in the league play come in this week. Yes, absolutely. So big, big test for the Pelicans and big week starting with tonight with the Jazz Suns Tuesday and the Golden State Warriors on Thursday. Tickets available for all three. Log on to pelicans.com or 504 525 Boom. Don't forget, Thursday at 12th Night Pack is available with a mini King Cake and two beers, uh, along with your uh, stay at the Smoothie King Center. Not a hotel, but you know, I'm going to stay for a couple hours and enjoy Steph Curry and the Warriors coming into town. We'll have another podcast free on Wednesday. Hopefully, talking about two wins but I think a split here between these two games would definitely suffice for this Pelicans team before playing the Golden State Warriors on Thursday. Jim, I really appreciate the time. Get some rest here, and we'll see you at the Arena tonight.
2: Sounds good. I will be uh, talking to you quite
0: a bit after the game at the Smoothie King Center over the next few days. All right, yes. The Pelicans and the Jazz, again, if you're not making it there, Valley Sports New Orleans will have you covered on the television side, and we'll have it for you on ESPN New Orleans with 100 3 FM as well. For Jim and Craig Bowlerjack, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CP.